from the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. WIA Centenary Update kicks off the WIA National News for week commencing August 22, 2010. Yes, it's Graham, VK4, Baker Baker, back on air. And thanks to the guys in Melbourne for looking after the news for the last four or five weeks. As we said, a WIA Centenary Update a total of 90 award claims have been checked and verified and awards issued. Japan and New Zealand each have two awards with other DX stations qualified being in Finland, Russia and the USA. Each Australian state, the Northern Territory and the ACT are represented in proportion to their numbers of radio amateurs. Clearly, many more will have already qualified for this limited time operating award and are yet to make their claim. And another from the WIA Centenary Media File... An article in the Macedon Rangers leader newspaper in Victoria gives the local club a great publicity boost. The story, like so many that are appearing across the nation, is about the celebration of the centenary of organised amateur radio in Australia. The Macedon Rangers Amateur Radio Club is the newest such club in Victoria. Pictured and quoted in the article is the club secretary, Graham McDermott, VK3NE, who has held a licence for more than 30 years. He says he continues to find it an interesting hobby and is often on air for about 90 minutes each day. The club hopes the publicity and its use of the special call sign VK100WIA will generate new local radio amateurs and members. VK4's Lock Your Valley Club news item, a big website hitter. The Gatton Star newspaper ran an article on August 4 headlined 100 Years of Amateur Radio and on its website, and for the past three weeks, it's been the third most read news item. The Lockyer Valley Radio and Electronics Club treasurer and promotions guy, Alan Shannon, VK4SN, also reports that Brisbane's Channel 7 is also continuing to promote the club and its participation in the WIA centenary celebrations. This is being done over a four-week period in the TV station's community notice board each and every morning. This weekend, Lockyer Valley Radio Electronics Club in Queensland continues to do great things with the special call sign and its associated public display at the Laidley Youth Centre, William Street. The online log already records the contact being made for VK100 WIA by this club, which is rostered until Monday. On earlier broadcasts, mention has been made of the local media publicity achieved by the Lockyer Valley Radio Electronics Club, and we hope to have a wrap-up report on its activities in the future. In fact, all clubs rostered for VK100WIA are encouraged to file their activity reports to the WIA Centenary Committee via email centenary at wia.org.au. Now looking ahead to Tuesday through to Thursday this week, it'll be the Mid-South Coast Amateur Radio Club planning a DX operation on SSB and CW on 80, 40 and 20 metres. This relatively small club does not have club rooms Nevertheless, it's getting right behind VK100WIA with a roster of enthusiastic club members. The special call sign then moves across to South Australia and the North East Radio Club for Friday the 27th through to Sunday the 29th of August. VK100WIA will be operating at Artornish School in St Agnes on HF 80 metres 40-20 plus 2 metres FM and D-Star. The online log of the special call sign clearly shows that D-Star has been chosen by a number of clubs and it's certainly playing a role in giving overseas radio amateurs an opportunity to snare a VK100 WIA contact. 
The North East Radio Club is inviting visitors to its activity at the Artondish School and will be heavily promoting the foundation licence training that is available. Then into next week, the Redcliffe and District Radio Club in VK4 will operate HF 2 metres and 70 centimetres from its club rooms in Klingon Road, Redcliffe, Monday the 30th of August through to Wednesday the 1st of September. Club President Trevor Quick, VK5 ATQ, says visitors are most welcome to come along and I guess that that Trevor Quick, VK5 ATQ, is not the President of Redcliffe and District Amateur Radio Club but the club we were speaking about earlier, the North East Radio Club in VK5. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. In northwestern Tasmania, it can be heard on VK7 RMD, the Mount Duncan repeater, on 146.625 at 9am Sundays and 9pm Tuesdays. I'm Winston, VK7AM. Time, gentlemen, time. Peter, VK4OD, our RD contest manager, is trying to find out the significance of the RD starting at 0800 UTC. As the official document of the closing of World War II was signed at 0900 to 0923. Now, Peter suspects that that may very well have been Japanese wartime. Any help to rd at wia.org.au. Also, if you did take part in the RD, send your log in today. Peter told me through the week that many logs have come in, but make sure that if you did participate, you send your log in today to either VK4OD, QDHR, or rd at wia.org.au. The national news, a quick whip around Australia. In fact, it's just the one state. It's the Sunshine State and Central Highlands AGM stop press date change. The date for Queensland's famous and popular Queensland Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club AGM at Camp Fairburn near Emerald has been changed. Due to unforeseen circumstances, planetary alignment, solar eruptions, magnet displacements and plasma flaring, the AGM will now be held from 4pm Friday the 24th to midday Sunday the 26th of September 2010. Good day all, this is Dale, VK4DMC, with news from the Tablelands Radio and Electronics Club, Trek in far north Queensland. As the news goes to air this week, Trek members are at the Archer Point Lighthouse, approximately 150 kilometres north of Cairns in far north Queensland, for the International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend event. We are operating with a club call sign, VK4 Whiskey Alpha Tango, and are getting many contacts with other lighthouse stations all around VK and overseas. It is a very exposed and windy location, but the antennas are standing up well. Have a listen around 14188 or 7088, and if you hear VK4WAT, say good day. This has been Dale, VK4DMC, and you are listening to the WIA News. Very shortly, a look at the international scene, but first to ACMA News. In May, the Nine Network, SBS and WIN sought ACMA authorisation for temporary trials of 3D TV in Brisbane, Newcastle, Sydney, Wollongong, Melbourne, Adelaide and Perth. The ACMA authorised trials for only a limited two-month period. This allowed the authorisation of transmission in 3D of the State of Origin series and the 2010 FIFA World Cup. The ACMA is now considering applications for further short-term free-to-air trials 
and more generally expects to release a paper in the next few months on the future of 3D TV trials in Australia. Lebanon reportedly arrests a German ham. Lebanese Army Intelligence has reportedly arrested a German engineer and amateur radio operator in eastern Lebanon on suspicion of spying for Israel. This according to several online media reports. The Nahar Daily said that the army raided the Libyan light cheese factory in the town of Talia and arrested an individual. He was identified in several reports as the engineer in charge of maintenance of the factory's machines. The report says that the army is questioning the 58-year-old over his use of radio transmitters. According to several other postings, the actual identity of the person may very well be Delta Lima 6, Sugar November. Hams play role after Pakistan's worst ever floods. The medical and food support being provided to the many people affected by the flood disaster in Pakistan is being assisted by the combined efforts of radio amateurs and a group of four-wheel drive enthusiasts. Around a quarter of the country has been affected by the floods over the last three weeks that were triggered by intense summer monsoon rainfall, swelling the Indus River into a massive flood. The United Nations estimates 20 million people have been affected in the Khyber Takwan, Punjab and Sindh provinces and 1,600 lives lost. One of those involved with the Pakistan Amateur Radio Society emergency communications effort is Asad Mawat, AP2AUM, and he reports that more than 20 hams are keeping the lines of communications open, and the plan is to increase this to 30 in a week's time. With both landlines and mobile phone services failed in the flood areas, he said that most of the radio traffic is through a two-metre band repeater, which is now linked to home-brewed 2-metre-70-centimetre crossband repeaters or translators, greatly increasing the coverage area. They have teamed up with the Islamabad Jeep Club. Their expertise in driving on most difficult terrains is proving to be of great assistance to deliver essential relief supplies and medical help. They have also working in collaboration with the Pakistan Academy of Family Physicians. I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC, Chairman of the IARU Region 3 Disaster Communications Committee. And you're listening to VK1 WIA. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. I'm Felix VK4FUQ and this is Operational News. Special Events and On-Air Contest Column, Dateline 2010. August 21 and 22, International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. October 23, WIA National Field Day. More on just the tick on this event. October 2 and 3, WIA Oceania DX Contest Phone. October 9 and 10, WIA Oceania DX Contest CW. November 20 and 21, WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day. Waitakere Sprints 2010. This year's Waitakere Sprints are now over and I thank all who participated. Forward your logs to prc at ihug.co.nz. For more on logs and rules, see our qsl.net-zl1vk site. Numbers were a little down on previous years, but I did have more than 70 emails returned undelivered. If you did not receive advice, please send an email to prc at ihug.co.nz with sprints in the subject line, so your address can be correctly added to the list. Next year I will send out notice a couple of months earlier so that we can get the info into club newsletters. Thanks, and that was obviously a letter posted to us by David ZL1DK.
Please, would everyone sending scripts only to nationalnews at wia.org.au remember to write how you would normally expect us to read it, that is, in the third, not first person. Tune into the world. Amateur Radio gets people talking. The WIA National Field Day, Saturday the 23rd of October. As part of its program of centenary celebrations, the WIA is asking that clubs, groups and individual radio amateurs to get on the air for this inaugural promotional event, taking amateur radio to the public with the aim of attracting new members and new radio amateurs. There will be two categories. A public station is a station run by three or more radio amateurs operating on a single call sign from a public place or club rooms open to the public for the duration of the event. A private station is a station which is an individual operating portable, mobile or from a private residence. Highly important is that public stations actually engage members of the public rather than just have them looking on, and then walk away as often happens with displays of all types. That means public stations need plenty of planning to work out who is best within a club to greet visitors to the stations. Talk to them in plain language, avoid jargon, hand out the WIA's calling CQ brochure, and where possible to get their contact details for later follow-up. And of course, encourage them to give amateur radio a try by taking part in a radio contact. The WIA has display posters available and calling CQ brochures should clubs require additional stocks. It is recommended to request stock well in advance. Will you or your radio club be involved? Check out the WIA website www.wia.org.au for more information, including the rules of the National Field Day, all happening on Saturday the 23rd of October. Now this is the last time I will be talking about Field Day as it is definitely not a contest but a PR exercise. Amateur radio gets people talking. This is the catchphrase for the National Field Day. We are using the catchphrase at the main highlight heading for publicity for this event and the words National Field as the subheading. Unfortunately, National Field Day has little meaning to the public and tends to send the wrong message to the amateurs. It is not a field day where you go and sit up in the field. Rather, it is a public day where you sit up in public somewhere. A Bunnings car park, for example. Prepare now for your participation now. See the complete rules, checklists and other information on wia.org.au. Details will also be published in the September edition of Amateur Radio Magazine. A record year for Lighthouse Weekend. Australia has achieved a record 58 registrations for the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, which is currently underway. The enthusiasm by VK radio amateurs has steadily grown from the beginnings of 1998, when there were only four Australian registrations. In the early years, the Parks Authorities in New South Wales were very sceptical about having radio amateurs set up at lighthouses. These days, in most cases, doing all they can to make sure the weekend is a success. Also at the beginning, lots of people initially doubted that the event would get support during the Southern Hemisphere winter, but it has indeed become very popular. The uptake of this fun but not contest activity has also been strong in other countries too. In second place on this year's country tally is Germany with 57, the USA 53 and the United Kingdom 39. As this broadcast was being compiled, there were 430 registrations from 46 countries and there's a chance of breaking the record of 443 set last year. Throughout the remainder of today, have a listen around the bands, particularly the 40 metre band, and see how many lighthouses you can work. I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC, and you're listening to VK1WIA.
Now to Mildura. Hi, I'm Marilyn, VK3DMS. On behalf of Leslie, VK5LOL, Alara's contest manager. We would like to remind everyone that the Alara contest is on again next weekend, August the 28th and 29th. The rules can be found in the August edition of AR on page 46. It's always been known as a friendly contest and we look forward to hearing from everyone, YLs and OMs, during the weekend. IARU Region 3 ARDF Championships Head Down Under Planning has begun for this biennial event to be held in late 2011 in Australia and hosted by the IARU Member Society, the WIA, Wireless Institute of Australia. Fond memories remain of the event held in Ballarat, Victoria in 2003, which was a great success attended by 100 ARDF competitors from Australia, China, Japan, Korea, Kazakhstan and the USA. The event in 2011 will be held in regional Victoria, although a location and venue is yet to be announced. With the knowledge and experience gained from the 2003 championships held at Ballarat, and there has been a strong following including ARDF competitors at an international level living in Victoria, it is certain to be another success. WIA ARDF coordinator and an international class referee Jack Bramham VK3WWW has taken on responsibility for the organisation and management of the event, assisted by the resources of the Victorian ARDF group, with the WIA providing administrative support. The event held at Ballarat in 2003 had the assistance of a number of amateur radio groups not normally involved with ARDF, with volunteers needed for a range of basic but essential tasks. Organisers have indicated the same approach will be taken when the ARDF Championships return to Australia in 2011. Third Annual Asia-Pacific DX Convention November 5-7 The Third Asia-Pacific DX Convention, or APDXE, will be held at the Osaka International House in Osaka, Japan between November 5th and 7th. Presentations will be conducted in English and will include discussions on some recent DX expeditions along with technical discussions. There will also be an opportunity to join a tour to visit the ICOM factory and participate in a technical session led by the ICOM High Frequency Radio Design Team. Program details and updates will be posted online at www.apdxc.org as they become available. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. The United States military is on the RF nose in Japan. US military forces in Japan have caused havoc by transmitting illegally in Japan using US-bought baby monitors. The monitors are on the same frequency as local mobile telephones and uh, radio communications, which is against the law. The devices have disrupted local taxi and lorry communications near bases in Okinawa, Tokyo, Kanagawa and other areas. It could be called a cultural thing, except that it is an interference and legal thing. Interference is not funny if you're on the receiving end and you can report it to the WIA. For National Radio News, I'm Peter Ellis, VK1PE. Thanks, Peter. And continuing with the interference report, churches and chapels on the air. Not to be confused with the annual churches and chapels on the air event Saturday, September 11. 
amateurs and shortwave listeners across Europe are being asked to keep an ear on or about 28.265 FM. This for transmissions believed to be coming from churches with transmitters capable of delivering a signal strength well over S9, primarily originating from Ireland. Reception reports and all other information should be sent to the IRTS Intruder Watch Coordinator, EI4GXB. Documents show aviation fears over power line networks. The Register reports that both the BBC and the Civil Aviation Authority are concerned that power line networking will damage their services. Earlier this month, the UK regulator Ofcom hosted a meeting on Powerline Telecommunications, or as we know it, BPL. At that meeting, PA Consulting presented its latest study into the risks associated with the use of Powerline networking. But the minutes show that the study came under attack from the BBC and the CAA, and that evidence was presented that PA's proposals could lead to greater interference, not less. Retread a paper showing how vehicle wireless tyre pressure monitoring systems may compromise privacy and pose a security threat has been issued by a team at South Carolina University in the USA. It's understood that tyre pressure systems operate on 315 MHz in the USA and 433.920 in the 70cm handband in the British Isles and across Europe. The team intercepted signals from more than 30 foot from cars using a simple antenna, the signals were able to be analysed, then reverse-engineered. The code used common laboratory instruments, and with the knowledge, they built a transmitter that spoofed a sensor's wireless message. The researchers were able to send false signals from one car and trigger a low-pressure tyre system light in another whilst driving next to each other at 35 miles an hour, and able to trigger the dashboard check tyre pressure light while driving next to each other at 65, and at least one tyre pressure system could be damaged through spoofed wireless signals. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Hunter Valley, it's relayed on 146.775 MHz and 3.565 MHz at 9.30am and 7.30pm Sundays. On behalf of Westlake's Amateur Radio Club Incorporated, I'm Greg, VK2CW. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV, Changing Technology, New Zealand ATV to be forced to go to digital. New Zealand hams will soon be forced to go digital if they wish to continue amateur fast scan television operations. This after government regulators announced that all analogue modulated TV transmissions in the VHF and UHF broadcast bands, which includes Channel 39 used by Ham Radio, will close down in March 2015 or at an earlier date. At that time, the upper end of the New Zealand UHF television allocation will be cleared of television so that the vacated spectrum can be used for next generation mobile communications. One consequence of these decisions is that the existing television transmissions will need to convert to digital so as to fit into about half of the present spectrum, requiring that their transmission parameters need to be more closely defined than they are at present. For the amateur television service, this means that each radio licence for amateur modulated TV needs to be replaced by a spectrum licence for analogue modulated TV. 
As part of this process, the government telecommunications regulator has cancelled all of the existing radio licences for Channel 39 TV repeaters. Operators of Channel 39 TV repeaters will need to close them down to avoid receiving infringement notices from the regulatory agency. Those wishing to operate their analogue modulated Channel 39 ATV repeaters between now and the 2015 digital TV switchover will be required to apply for Spectrum licences. However, the Spectrum licence for analogue TV transmitters will only exist until the analogue shutdown date. Ham radio access to New Zealand Channel 39, which runs from 614 to 622MHz, was made by the footnote to the Nation's Telecommunications Regulations many years ago when a chunk of 432MHz band was taken from the amateur radio service. At airtime, it is not known how many of the nation's amateur television repeaters will apply for a new Spectrum licence to at least temporarily keep their analogue system operational and on the air. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier First TubeSat to be a music sat. US National Public Radio says that one of the very first do-it-yourself low-orbit satellite kits from interorbital systems has been purchased by a professional astronomer. Alex Antunes says that he would use it to create nature's own music from space. As we reported here on WIA National News a few weeks ago, California-based Interorbital Systems is offering a personal satellite kit for $8,000 and they call it a TubeSat, and that includes its ride into space. Now, in an NPR interview, Antune says that the Sun interacts with the Earth's magnetic field in the ionosphere and causes all kinds of activities. He says that his goal is to use his satellite to put something into orbit to convert that interaction directly to sound data so that we can hear it. The first TubeSat, along with the Amateur Radio CubeSat, are currently slated to launch on the interorbital Neptune 30 rocket from Tonga at the end of this year. AO51 back in service after an outage. AMSAT Vice President of Operations, Drew Glassbrenner, K04MA, reports that after a brief outage aboard AO51, the ham radio satellite had been restored to service. The 145.92 slash 435.300 repeater was set to run with the 67 hertz tone required to activate the satellite. Power output was reported at 740 milliwatts. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Montgomery, Alabama bans non-emergency mobile comms. Hams operating mobile in Montgomery, Alabama have won a rather narrow partial exclusion to the city's tough new distracted driver law, but only during emergencies. This after the Montgomery City Council passed an ordinance making handheld cell phone use, including texting while driving, a secondary offence. Once the distracted driver ordinance takes effect in the coming weeks, a driver would have to violate one of the primary rules of the road such as speeding or running a stop sign while using a cell phone before he or she could be cited for distracted driving. The ordinance does allow for some exceptions. These include someone using their cell phone to report a traffic accident or a crime, emergency personnel, employees of utility companies and 
and operator of an amateur radio are excluded from the new ordinance, but only as long as their communications devices are being used in an actual emergency. What is not clear is whether the new ordinances apply to only cellular and texting devices or to other two-way radio gear as well. In other words, would chatting on your local repeater with a mic in your hand whilst driving be considered a distracted driving practice and a subject to the new law? And if it does, then how would a police officer be able to determine if the ham radio was being used in an emergency nature, let alone what constitutes an emergency in a given instance? Hmm, good questions. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Thank you, Robert, and thanks again for you and the team putting together the news over the last month or so. That does take us to the end of WIA National News for another week. Quick look at the social scene. October 23, the WIA National Field Day. October 29-31, VK100 WIA at Westlake's Amateur Radio Club. November 7 in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Ham Fest at Rosa Street in Goodwood. Now in 2012, plenty of time to plan this one, it's off to Vietnam. The 15th IAAU Region 3 Conference hosted by VARC in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. January 23 to Feb 17, the same year, 2012, as the World Radio Conference, WRC 11, Geneva, 23rd of January to the 17th of February. And a big one coming up in 2012, May 4 to 7 in VK5, is the YL International 2012 Australia. All details on that one to VK5 Tango Mike Charlie. As I said, that is the end of WIA National News. I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. As we've said for many a year, walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.